let's go to Proverbs. Back to the book of Proverbs. And we're in verse 7 as we pick up the next verse. And uh, I want to entitle this message, Give Me the Middle. Which is sort of strange because I've never been that way myself. But that's what this prayer is about, this request of God, this wise man. Eager, he's going to offer a prayer and he's going to ask God for two things. And if you ask God for two things, I don't know what it would be, but we're going to see what this man asked God for two things. You know, a lot of times growing up, you know, we always want to be the top. And there's probably something to that that gives a good work ethic and all that. I never wanted to play in a basketball tournament and be in the middle. I never want to finish in the middle. Matter of fact, you know, whether it's basketball or if it's a golf tournament or something, it's just in the middle. Now, nobody wants to be at last, but everybody's trying to hit the top, aren't they? I don't know if you remember being in school, maybe if you were, and they they were choosing people. You wanted to get chosen first. You know, if we're not careful in life, we, we will disdain the middle place. And this is an unusual prayer. I don't guess I've ever prayed this prayer. I don't guess I've ever asked God for this. But this man in all of his wisdom did, and we want to look at it tonight. Proverbs chapter 30, the Bible says in verse number 7, Two things have I required of thee, deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. The first thing I want you to see tonight is the fervency of Agur's prayer. When he says in verse number 7, two things have I required of thee. Now, that's, that's pretty bold praying ground when you're trying to require something of God. He's saying, God, you know, all I require, all I want, I, I just want two things. Now, I, I don't know what that would be for you. If you had to ask just for two things, now we don't have to do that with God, but this man saying, hey, there could be a million things I could ask you for, God, or, or beg you for, or, or say this is all I want out of life, but he boils it down to two things. What? That's an amazing thing to begin with. Two things have I required of thee as he's talking to God. He says this, deny me them not before I die. Do you see the fervency? It almost reminds me of Jacob when he wrestled with God. And he said, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. I think that's the fervency of this man's prayer. It's, it's almost like a dying wish. Don't let me die, God, until you have allowed me to have these two things for which I make my request and my petition. 
I don't know what two things that you would have put on your list before you die that you would like to have or you would like to see, but I doubt it would be the two requests that he makes. But he makes them in wisdom. And I'm, I think, I'm thinking this. I'm thinking only the Holy Ghost could have impressed this man to pray such a prayer. I don't think this is a prayer that man would come up with on his own, that before he died he just wanted to see two things and they are are mentioned in verse number 8. I, I don't think that would be man's dying wish. I don't think that would be his aspiration of life. And I'm reminded so many things we want are so far out of the will of God. And they're not Holy Ghost prompted. If I really wanted what the Holy Ghost wanted for my life, what would I request? The book says that we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be other. I wonder what the Holy Ghost is groaning for your life. It probably won't be the, maybe the two requests that you would have. This is a very supernatural, a very spiritual, a very unusual request. But it's fervent. Deny me them not. Oh, he is laboring in prayer. He is fervent in prayer. He is not... He's not dilly-dallying with God. He's not taking your leave. It's not just some child's prayer. It, it's a dying man's wish almost. Two things have I required of thee. I've got to have it, God. Deny me them not before I die. Oh, that our praying would be more fervent. I know my prayer life needs to be more fervent. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Not just the prayer, but the fervent prayer. This man is offering that fervent prayer. And this is the two things he asked for. Would you look at verse number 8? Remove far from me vanity and lies. That's his first request. Remove far from me. Not just remove it, but remove it far. I, I don't want even it to be in the neighborhood of my life or the neighborhood of my mind or the neighborhood of my heart. Remove it far from me. That, that which is vain, that vanity and, and those lying things that would lie. Remove it far from me, God. Just as far as you can get. This is my request, God. Number one, all that is vain and all that will lie to my heart I want you to get it as far away from me as you can get it. And then he says, number two, give me neither poverty nor riches. What a request. I don't want to be poor, God. <laughs> and I don't want to be rich. Now, we know that, and we see, I don't really believe that that's Solomon's prayer. I, I think this is Agur's prayer. I really do. I think these great things probably wouldn't, couldn't have applied the same way. But Lord, I don't want to be poor and I don't want to be rich. Just give me that. <clears throat> Let's take these one at a time. Remove from me, far from me, vanity and lies. You know, there's a whole book in your Bible about vanity. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. And what the preacher says is, all is vanity. Everything under the sun is vain. That means beauty is vain, is it not? We'll see that in the next chapter of Proverbs. Beauty is vain. Um, Wealth is vain. Everything that you can live for in this life under the sun is vanity. 
The only thing that's not vain are things that are eternal. Those are things that last. Everything under the sun, none of it lasts. It all passes away. So I think this is the prayer. God, remove from my mind, remove from my heart all the vainness of life so that I'll not live my life for things that don't matter or that don't last. What a prayer. Remove far from me vanity. You know, I, I don't want to pick on, on young people, but, but what, because it's not just young people and it's not just millennials and it's, but there, I mean, all the internet is just one vain show. It's just a vain show. Look at what I bought. Look at what I wear. Look at my hair. Look at my boyfriend. <laughs> Look at my car. Look at my problem. All of that is vanity instead of, look at Jesus. Look at this Bible verse. My name's written in heaven. Glory to God, I'm saved and my my sins are washed away. I went to sleep tonight, amen, with a clear conscience because He removed my guilt. That's not vain. But that's not what people talk about and that's not what people live for. They live to buy another bass boat. Or they live to have another relationship. They live for things that are going to stop. They live for getting a raise at their their job. They live to buy a new toy. They live to get more friends. They live to be have a more prominent life. They they live for health. You know, guys, even our own health and comfort, that's not that's 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 not gonna last. It doesn't matter what we do, it's not gonna last. Because this body is vain. It's going to pass away. It's going to die. So why would I live my life for vanity? He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. I think most people are living a lie. I think most people are believing lies. Whether they've told them to themselves or they've listened to other people tell them to them. And Agar is saying, God, get the lies out of my life. Get them away from me. I don't want to hear the lie of the devil. I don't want to hear a lie of religion. I don't want to hear a lie from my own heart. I don't want to hear a lie from my friend. I don't want to believe the lies of the world. I don't want to be deceived. Just remove it far from me. Get the people out of my life that are lying to me. Get the people away from me that their life is just a vain show. That's a lot of people's lives just a vain show. By the way, you know, religion is like that. I'm not just harping on Hollywood. I mean, a lot of things, what happens in the pulpits of America is a vain show. It's just so, so, you know, oh, wow, what a, what a wonderful event we had. We don't want a show. We want something real. We want the real Word of God and the real Spirit of God working in our heart. And we want to really hear the voice of the Lord and really make decisions and really have God change our lives. We're not trying to have the show. It's vanity. We come into church for the show. We might as well stay home. Because we don't have we don't have family camp to have a show and just go through. We don't have missions conference just to have the the show. These are eternally important things that have to do with our hearts and the souls of men and the will of God. 
So Ager's prayer is this. God, before I die, would you just keep vanity and lies far away from me? What a prayer. I want my life to be real. I want the people around me to be real. I want the people that are talking to me to be real. I'm tired of being lied to. And I don't want to live that kind of life. What a wonderful prayer. How often are we closer to the lies and the vanities of the world and the lies and the vanities of self instead of being near in the context to the pure words of God. Isn't that what we just finished this morning? He goes from talking about every word of God is pure to talking about removing vanity and lies. I tell you what, you'll embrace one or the other. You'll either embrace the words of God that are real and eternal or you'll embrace vanity and lies. And Agers made his choice. I think he's really asking God to take some of this stuff out of his heart, not just the people around him. Remove far from me. God, there's some lying in me that needs to be removed. There's some vanity in me that needs to be removed. Would you get the vanity out of my life? It's almost like the model prayer when the Lord's telling us to pray, that we should pray, lead lead me not into temptation. Get get me away from these things, Lord. Deliver me from evil. I, I think that's what Agur's praying. That's his first prayer request. He said, before I die, that's what I want. What a request. The second request. Give me neither poverty nor riches. What a strange request. In other words, Edgar says, I don't want the extremes. As I said to begin, he's saying, give me the middle. I don't want the poverty. I don't want the riches. Give me the middle. Oh, what a, what a wise request. Now, we understand, don't give me poverty. Nobody wants to be poor. Brother Earl, I've said this so many times just because I like quoting Brother Earl. When I quote Brother Earl, I think like I'm doing something spiritual. I feel like I said something important. Brother Earl said, uh, money can't buy happiness, but it sure does drive away the misery. That's spoken from a man who was poor. He grew up poor. He went out preaching on the streets and didn't have anything, didn't have no money for his family. He said, God, I can't pay the bills. Please provide. He went out there and preached. He said, I read the verse, be it unto you according to your faith. He said, God, you give me according to my faith. He went out there and preached and somebody gave him some money. He was so excited he knew it was going to pay his bills. He threw it out on the bed. I forget what it was, brother. How much was it? It, it was like, just changed. He didn't pay no. He got his furniture impounded. They came, picked up his furniture. And before he blamed God, God said, Well, you asked me for it according to your faith. There's how much faith you got. I'm talking about a man that was poor. Nobody wants to be poor. It looks like from the Bible, it ain't, it's not even a sin to pray, Lord, I don't want to be poor. Is that what he just prayed? 
Only if you put the other part with it. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be rich either. I don't want to fall into the trap of poverty. Now, why did he not want to be poor? Now, let me say this before, before I clarify something. If God wants you to be poor, you're going to be poor. He does make people poor. And if God wants you to be rich, he'll make you rich. He made people rich in the Bible. So this prayer, but, but look, we need to be content with whatever state that we're in. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But if God has given you a lot, you can be content with that. If God's given you nothing, you can be content with that. But whatever lot you find in life, I think this prayer is all right to pray. I don't think God will charge you for praying this prayer. Lord, I, I don't want to be poor. That's okay. Lord, I don't want to be rich either. You know, there are so many trials with being rich. There are so many miseries with being rich. Some of the most miserable people in the world are people that won the lottery. Their whole life was miserable. They even said, I wish I never had all that money. It destroyed my life. Evidently, this guy's no... Now, now people that have never been rich don't believe that. They want to be rich. This man said, give me neither poverty nor... I don't want the extremes. Oh, we are people... We, 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 we want to live sometimes in the extremes. We want the flashy, not the drab. We don't want the back of the line... And we don't even want the middle of the line. We want the front of the line. Give me the middle. I, I, I'm for that. I don't think, I don't think you ought to come in here looking like a hobo. Amen. And I don't think you ought to come in here looking like the Queen of England. That's a pretty much middle ground. But we have a problem many times with those extremes. He says, give me the middle. Because there's a trap in poverty. He says, watch it. He says, remove from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. I'm in verse number 9. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor. Let's take that. What is the trap of poverty? Lest I be poor and steal. And take the name of my God in vain. You know what this guy, I don't know who Agar is. I've never met him. I'd like to meet him one day. He, he, I can't find him anywhere else in the Bible. People don't even know who he is. But this is what I'll say about Agar. This guy is so smart. He's, he's, you know what he's, how smart he is? He knows himself. He says, God, I tell you what, don't let me, don't, don't let me be poor because I know if I'm poor, I'm going to go steal. Now, at least the man's honest. God, if I'm poor, I'm going to steal somebody's stuff. Can I tell you this? The trap of poverty usually is character issues. I've worked with very poor people. And they were all thieves. Even the saved ones. Because they, they barely had enough food to feed their family. So they saw nothing wrong with going down to the factory and loading up their car with goods. Because I'm poor and my kids need it and they've got plenty of it. 
There's something about poverty that entraps a man's character, that it hurts his character. You know that. Go park your car down in the ghetto and see how safe it is. Right? Go to any poor area and don't lock your cars. And you'll find immediately the trap of poverty. I'm not saying poor people have to be thieves. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the depravity of man's heart and character is this. He usually, when he gets so low, he does not have the integrity not to steal. Because he justifies it. I just wonder, if we all became poor, what kind of character we'd have. Yeah. Like those gypsy men I helped, and I, and I went to bat for them, and they stole. Why'd you steal? Well, I, the, my family's got to eat. And those people are rich. That Robin Hood stuff, that's wicked. It's just wicked. It promotes an idea that things are right and wrong based upon your station in life. Bankruptcy of character. God, don't let me poor because if don't let me be poor because if I'm poor, I'm gonna steal somebody's stuff. Oh, what a smart man that knows his own heart. God, please keep that away from me. I, and he says, my other problem is going to be, he says, lest I be poor and steal, verse 9, and take the name of my God in vain. And I can see that in one of two lights. He could say, I'll take the name of God in vain. Maybe he's mad at God because of his poverty. You know, if God took away most of our blessings, some of us would get mad at God for it. We couldn't just say, Lord, I didn't deserve all this good stuff anyway, and the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, and I'm a sinner anyway, so what does the sinner deserve? And i got a low station in life, but I'll do what James 1 says, amen, and I'll rejoice and be glad if I'm exalted or if I'm made low. I'll just keep rejoicing because you're a good God, and you're all I need anyway. But most of us wouldn't have that attitude. We'd probably get mad at God. Because we would think we're, we are too important to be poor. What makes you different from, what makes you and I different from the people living in Haiti in a, in a dirt floor? I mean, we're all going to the dirt. <laughs> There's nothing to us. We're just dust and ashes. This guy said, God, I know my heart, please. <laughs> please don't let me be poor because I, I, I don't want to take the name of the Lord in vain. <laughs> maybe, he would, maybe he would take the name of the Lord in vain by swearing some oath that he didn't steal. <laughs> maybe he was caught on the rug and he had to swear before God that he didn't steal what he stole. He's, God, I'll lie like a rug. I'll steal. I'll get bitter or angry at you. Don't let me be poor because I know how sorry I am. His fear is not being poor. His fear is what he's going to do with his character if he is poor. Give me neither poverty. What a trap of poverty. I see it in verse 10. We didn't read it, but would you look at it? A, a poor person is usually a servant to somebody else. Verse 10. 
Accuse not a servant unto his master. So a poor person is in servitude to somebody else. He has a master. He has somebody that is in control of his life. That's poor people. Poor people usually are very vulnerable to others, you see. They're vulnerable. Poverty makes somebody a servant. They, they put them in a vulnerable place, even for injustice and oppression. That's true. Look at it. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. So evidently the guy was unjust in accusing this servant because he's found guilty of falsely accusing the servant. But it's easy to accuse a poor person. What are they going to do about it? It's easy to take advantage of a, a vulnerable individual. But what happens with this servant that is vulnerable and oppressed and falsely accused? He winds up cursing. You see his heart? He's mad. He's upset over how he's being mistreated. And Agar's saying, God, please, please don't make me poor because I'm I'm not going to take the abuse very well. I'm not going to take the false accusation very well. And I'm going to wind up cursing. I'm going to wind up taking the name of God in vain. I'm going to wind up stealing, and that's not what I want for my life. I love, I love all people. I, I, I want to reach all people. I don't care what color they are. I don't care their social standing. But I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to be very smart to see the truth of this verse. You go to poor places in the world and you see a total bankruptcy of character in people's lives. So he says, I don't want to be poor, Lord. And it's not because I don't, I don't have all my toys. Then he says this, That one was pretty easy. Give me neither poverty. But then he says in verse 8, Give me neither poverty nor riches. I don't want to be rich either. What wisdom is in that prayer? You can write down Mark chapter 10 verse 23. That's the wisdom there because Jesus said, How hardly will a rich man enter into the kingdom of God? The more you have, the less you think you need God. This guy says, God, don't just bless me so much. Don't bless me too much because he says, look at the verse. He says, um, lest I be full and deny thee. He's saying this about himself. I don't know that I've ever met anybody like Agar. He would say, God, don't bless me too much because if you do, I'll deny you. God, don't give me too much because if you do, I'll wind up saying, who is the Lord? Do you know who said who is the Lord? Somebody said that in the Bible. You know who said that? Pharaoh said that. Moses said, the Lord should let my people go. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? You know why he said that? He was rich. He was powerful. He had a kingdom. He had wealth. What did he care who God was? He didn't care who God was. It's like me down there in the downtown Charleston area, in that rich section. Uh, not, not in Charleston area, in the, uh, in Mount Pleasant. It was even more affluent than the Charleston section. And we were down there knocking on doors, telling people about Jesus. And I walked up to this guy and tried to witness to him. He said, I'm an atheist. I said, well, everybody needs Jesus. He, he said, he said, look at my house. He had this huge house. And then he said, look at, look at my boat. His boat was half as big as his house. I never saw such... St- I mean, he probably had more, amen, more money in his grass than I had in my house. This guy was rich. And he looked at me like, 
who are you? You're telling me I need to get saved, that I need God, that I'm a sinner, and I'll never get it. He said, look at that. He, he did just like this. Look at this. What do I need God for? That's exactly what he said. What do I need God for? I got a beautiful wife. I got money in the bank. I got more money than I can spend. I got every toy in the world. About to go to the beach. And you're telling me I need God? What planet are you on? Give me neither riches. If that's what that's going to do to me, God, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to deny you. I tell you what, what it's probably the mercy of God that he keeps us from blessing us too much. Because we'd walk out right out that door and we'd never come to church. We wouldn't have a need for church. We'd never open our Bible. We'd never have a need for the Bible. We we wouldn't have a prayer life because we wouldn't have to pray about anything anymore. He said, Lord, I don't want to be rich. Please don't let me be rich. (laughs) I don't want my ship to come in. No, keep that away from me. It'll affect my heart. Here's your salient quote for the night. Too often, the more we receive from God, the less He receives from us. There's your quote. The more we get from God, the less He gets from us. The more we get satisfied or, or uh, used to it and familiar with it and less dependent on God. Thank God for His blessings, but you can see that in the heart of our nation. The richer we have gotten, the more we have denied God and we don't even know who God is. God, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be rich. I, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be rich. Give me the middle. I don't want either. I don't want either side. Just, just put me in the middle. I have to be honest with you. I'd, I'd be, I'd be a liar if I wasn't honest with you. I have prayed for God to give me riches before, because I wanted to give them away. It's not a sin to be rich. And by the way, you know, if you have more, you'll have more to give. But some people want to have more to have more. But he, he's never answered that prayer, so I about quit praying that. Give me the middle. You know what? Guys, if we're not careful, we will get so bored with the middle. Do you know there is something called the middle class? Do you know that that is a strange animal in most of the world? Do you know that communism is the death of any idea of the of the middle class and Marxism is the death of that and even socialism is the death of that? Because what all those systems have, they have a ruling class and then they have a working class. They have the people that have all the money and all the power and then they have all the little minions that do whatever they want to do. And the funny thing about that is that the ruling class will promise the poor people whatever they want to keep them poor and to keep them in power. I tell you what, you may think this is not very spiritual, 
But the death of the middle class in America will be the death of America as well. Not poor people. And by, by the way, there was a time where that wasn't always the case. I think I saw a statistic. It said in America, almost half, almost half of the population of America is in the middle class. But most of them don't want to stay there. Most, <laughs> most of them aren't satisfied with where they are in that middle. Is that not right? About 50%. Now, you go in the rest of the world, it's in the low teens in most countries. They don't have a middle class. You know, a middle class, you know what that means? It was a day where it was a, it was a very rare thing for a man to even be able to own his home. You know, you know what that is? That is a blessing of the middle class. America became a nation of, of a middle class society where people, they weren't rich people, but they at least had a home. They at least had a job. They, they weren't in a bread line. The middle class. I think the devil hates that middle class. And I think he th- hates the idea of someone living in that class. And Agar, maybe he's wise above his years and said, God, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be poor. Would you just give me the middle? Just give me the middle. I don't want to be part of the proletariat or the bourgeoisie. I, 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 just, I, I just want to be that, that middle group. I don't want to get into all that capitalism, uh, dog eat dog and all that. God, just, just keep me in the middle. I'm not worried about, about all this system of where everybody else is. Just keep me in the middle. If you'll just keep me in the middle, I'll be situated. I tell you what, there's so much. We're, we're not, we're not satisfied with the middle. We're not satisfied with the things where, where God's put us our station in life. Oh, it's boring and it's in the middle. You know, so many people, middle class is boring to them. Oh, I got to work a job and I got to come home. Give me the middle. Because on either extreme, there are pitfalls that you don't understand. Maybe God keeps us in the middle to keep our hearts where they ought to be. Give me neither poverty. Give me... Neither riches. But then he he does say this. He says in verse number 8, and I'm going to finish up. He said, remove far from me vanity and lies. By the way, that's what what Jonah really prayed in the belly of hell. In Jonah 2.8, he he talked about uh, they that that hear lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me, watch this now, feed me with food convenient for me. God, you just give me what's convenient for me. You give me, don't give me more than I need. Don't give me less than I need. Just give me that food that's convenient. That that amount that I need, that daily allowance that, that I ought to have. You know what I need and you know what I can take and you know what status or place in life is best for me. It almost sounds like that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray about give us this day our daily bread. God, give me today what I need today. You know what I need, God. Don't give me more than I need. Don't give me less than I need. 
Just give me what's convenient for me. Give me what you know I need. What a prayer. What wisdom. Would we have enough spirituality to get on our knees before God and say, God, you know better than I do what's good for me. Just give me what you know that I need. Maybe if you're a David or a Solomon, you need a lot more because you're responsible for a lot more people. If you're Nehemiah, you need a lot more because you're taking care of more people. But whatever you need, if you just say, God, I'm content with the middle. I don't have to have the best figure or the best body. I'm happy with the middle. I don't have to have the best husband or wife. I'll take the middle. Lord, I don't have to have the best job. Just give me one in the middle. Lord, I don't have to have the best life. Just give me one in the middle. What a prayer of wisdom and contentment.